0: Roadman, welcome to Stage Nine of the Giro d'Italia. Let's cue that intro. The big question is this: How do we use cycling as a tool to improve our health, our happiness, and our longevity? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Anthony Walsh, and welcome to the Roadman Podcast. Oh, man. Welcome back to another Roadman cycling podcast thank you for joining me again from the beautiful Girona today we had stage nine it was 158 kilometers from I always love this because if there's an Italian speaker listening I'd say they're just thinking this prick is butchering our language from Castel de Sangro to Campo Felice the ski station 158 kilometers and I said there'd be a GC battle and there was a GC battle I'm a sort of a Nostradamus of cycling like there was it it was obvious there was a GC battle coming cat one climb finishing with gravel to a ski station it was primed for battle and it didn't disappoint absolutely epic stage before I jump in and tell you all about the stage, just a quick reminder again to head on over to patreon.com. I know it sounds like I'm beating this drum, but this isn't meant to be like a dispassionate reading of an advert to just get out of the way that you tune out like Joe Rogan, where you fast forward like 11 minutes into the episode because you just shills so much shit. The podcast really depends on your generosity to keep moving forward, so if you'd like to support it by buying me the price of a beer once a month, you can do it over on patreon.com forward slash Anthony underscore watch, so the break took forever to get away today and eventually we did get 20 riders clear and but i don't want to call it a highlight but a noticeable incident in the first half of the stage was the crazy crash that one of my favorite riders in the peloton and the best ascender in the peloton bahrain marida's matthew Motoric, had a crash where it looked like he clipped it inside of the corner but it's spectacular he somersaulted Head over over heels on the front of the peloton. And he went down real, real heavy and broke his front fork. And he's out of the race. And Mohoric on top of Mikel Landa out of the race is definitely a blow for the team. Uh, Just glad he's okay. And I'm also glad they didn't let him back on the bike. We all remember that footage from the, his name escapes me, the EF rider a few years ago in Tura, California. Where he got back on his bike. Noticeably concussed and visibly distraught. And they let him back on his bike. And It's not good for anyone, but we're getting more cultural and sports-specific awareness about concussion and the dangers of it. So we definitely wish moderate, speedy recovery. It sucks to crash out of the Giro, but you know he's a great bike rider and there'd be more races. So today, the Peloton, at around 30k to go, started turning up the heat. So that's what I want to talk about because, obviously, these are short-form podcasts and really nothing happened for the early part of the stage. But at around 30k to go... It was t- two minutes and thirty to the break. So touch and go, you might say. And the real animators here were Jeffrey Bruchard from AG2R, who's a real late comer to the support. He's in, to the sport. He's a new KOM jersey in this year's race, and Carr from EF Education. They were the two lads who are really animating it. And one thing I noticed while well, they were up the road tearing strips out of themselves, and the Peloton was pretty much just rolling along under the power of Ineos with about 15k to go Remco came to the front with quick step but he came to the front not quick step he came to the front first and it looked like he tried to split the bunch in a crosswind section now Remco's a brilliant bike rider but for me this is inexperience shown we never see the top riders the top GC guys showing their face until it's showtime and trust me when I say it this wasn't showtime a crosswind was never gonna happen it was too sheltered there it was coming up to a very important final. And like even if a split went, it wasn't going to stay. Ineos had so much firepower behind. It just seemed such a waste of energy. And this is what this game is. It's conservation of energy on a macro scale. From day to day to day. And he failed on that. And that's a little bit of inexperience, I think. Uh, something else I noticed today. You might drop me a DM over on Instagram. It's roadman.cycling over on Instagram. And let me know, why is Dan Martin wearing a slightly different colour jersey to the rest of his teammates it's not a leader's jersey it's not a points classification jersey it's not a it's not a national jersey so i don't really know what was going on there and um, right back to the race that was a bit of a side now so we our up front and he was joined by uh, what's this lad's name coon bowman from uh, jumbo visma and this was really the lads setting themselves up for heartbreak because they were to be caught late by a flying Bernal. And I really felt for the Maglia Rosa. I didn't, uh, I didn't anticipate he would hold the Maglia Rosa past today. But the Maglia, he suffered. He started suffering a 5k to go and he suffered. And I don't think he got dropped until 2k to go when we hit the gravel section. But it's amazing what that pink jersey does. The Maglia Rosa and Maillot Moyer-Jean and the Tour de France and the Red Leaders jersey and the Vuelta. They seem to have this mythical power to get lads to dig deeper and just dive into the suitcase of courage as we'd say and come out with a performance that they're not really capable of and that's what he done today and Vitalia, I'm glad I don't, I'm glad he lost the jersey because I can't say his name so I can say Bernal and Bernal has the jersey so I'm delighted with that if, if for nothing else only grammar and my enunciation uh, Moscon was, you know, I've called him out many times for being a crazy racist but he is Man of the match probably today. The turn Moscon done when they hit that gravel section was mouth-watering. He caught Remco Evan way back to Peloton. Don't know what he was doing there. Moscon ripped legs and broke hearts. He smashed it on the front. And he delivered Bernal perfect. Bernal went. He Ciccone could go with him. Bernal went up to the big ring. And he went for that last K. like. The fiery attacking Bernal that we see him pre his Tour de France win. He was brilliant. And in his interview in the end, he just comes across like such a lovely, beautiful, likeable person. It's his first Grand Tour stage win. He was nearly in tears and the interviews is worth listening back to because you can see the tread of insecurity that runs through even some of the best bike riders in the world. He talked about how his teammates had assured him that he should go for it, that he was the guy, that he was capable of it. And yeah, he just seemed so humble and, and insecure. And, you know, that's, it was real. It, it, it was very endearing as a viewer to watch Bernal because I've criticized Quintana for being, you know, faceless, emotionless, and wearing a mask all day long. Bernal's not that. Bernal is a very, very likable bike rider. And the interview is brilliant. Well, Chicone, surprisingly, was the closest one to Bernal today. So it was Bernal, Ciccone, Vlasov, Remco, and Dan Martin but Ciccone followed, and this is something we'd never talked about pre-race, because Ciccone is now an interesting one, because he's second on GC, sorry, he's not, he's third on GC at 36 seconds, Uh, Vlasov, sorry, I'm going to give you the GC, the GC is Bernal, Remco second at 15 seconds, Vlasov is third at 21 seconds, Ciccone is fourth at 36 seconds, and our previous Maglia Rosa, uh, Valta, is at 43 seconds. Like Hopefully just drops out of the top five and then I can forget about saying his name altogether. Uh, but yeah, back to Chicone. Chicone is an interesting one now because I never thought about him as a GC rider and I assumed Nibali was their GC rider going in. He has GC legs at the moment. It's his first time riding GC. But the question he has to ask himself now and the team has to answer is are they happy with Chicone pushing for a podium? Because he's in fourth and he's only like 12 seconds back from a podium are they happier than pushing for a podium or do they go all in and try and win the Giro d'Italia with Chicone? I don't know the right answer to that one because a podium in a Grand Tour it's a magnificent achievement so it's just hard to answer that one and that's something they're going to have to figure out uh, they're going to have to figure that one out themselves Any uh, Ineos I gave Moscow and Man of the Match and Ineos rode a perfect race today they conserved they sheltered when they did ride on the front it in commentary, they were criticised by Adam Blythe for not riding hard enough on the front. I think they got it perfect. They rode hard on the front when it mattered. They controlled the pace. They maintained position for Bernal. Um, we're one week into the race now, and we're back to a very, very familiar from Bradley Wiggins to Chris Froome to Grant Thomas. A very familiar feel to a Grand Tour with Ineos or Sky as they were back then. ...holding the race lead and we're going to see that train... ...we're going to see the train that we are used to seeing... ...where they ride on the front and they just decimate opposition... ...and beat them down. Uh, I think that win today was important for Bernal... ...because last year he was... ...you can probably hear the, the Cathedral bells... ...chiming in the background here in Girona... ...but Bernal was a man lacking confidence... ...with the weight of the world on his shoulder... ...so this win... It's a great win for him personally and for the team. I think the team will go deeper now because they believe in him even more than they did. And he's going to believe in himself because he's the strongest bike rider in this race at the moment. And it's a great day for Colombia. It's a great day for Ineos. And he's going to take some beating for the next two weeks. Tomorrow we have a bit of a nutting stage. It's an urban finish which I don't like to see. Traffic Island, sleeping policemen, clinkers, all that usual shite. It's 133 kilometres, stage 10, finishing in Fogno, And it is the shortest stage of the race. And yeah, you can expect to see a sprint day. My prediction for tomorrow is Dylan Grunewagen. He's finding his feet. He's getting stronger stage on stage. He hasn't done it yet in a sprint. We have Caleb Ewan, who was the fastest man in the race, has gone home. So I think the stage is set and the scene is set for my man, Dylan Grunewagen. Road man i'm going to chat to you again tomorrow from girona thanks for listening hey everybody it's anthony again really quick i want to invite you to join arguably the best thing i've ever put out inside the roadman community it's a challenge it's a challenge called the 14 day kickstart challenge so regardless of where your fitness is at right now this is going to be the catalyst for making you faster and making you leaner i've created this challenge to take the guesswork out of everything it's 14 days of training plans regardless of what your level is there's masters beginner advanced there's meal plans shopping list and even a video course holding your hand and talking you through it all so what i recommend you do right now is just stop everything press pause on this audio and go to roadmancycling.com forward slash 14 day or check out the link in the bio that's roadmancycling.com slash 14 day